we're doing some some podcasts to provide material during the month of December and the first Sunday of January. Because our the church schedule is such that we won't be having class. So we're providing this as a way both filler and then also just to kind of keep interest up in the, in the podcast. So I'm Pastor uh, James Audie, and with me today is uh, Pastor Matt Lee, and we're going to kind of tag team a little bit on a topic that we're working through our staff with. It's a little book by an author whose name is Lance Witt, W-I-T-T, and the name of the book is Replenish, and the focus of the book has been on caring for the soul that a lot of times when people are dealing with life and doing it from a leadership point of view, from, from being a part of a team or a group or a family, that we're not being very attentive to our soul. And so that's what this book is about, to replenish the soul. So uh, what we thought we would do is just kind of work through some of the uh, material that we've been doing in staff together, uh, Matt and I together, and I think that this will be a good, good thing. Let's move on to chapter two, mm-hmm. which is all about, the title of it is Hole in My Soul. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reality that chapter two really picks up on is the fact that each of us, whether we're church workers or members, visitors, we all have a front stage and a backstage life. The front stage is the public world. It's the it's the world that everyone sees when you come on a Sunday. It's the world that everyone sees when you walk into your office, you're coming to work. It's the one where you're noticed, where the spotlight is on you, where the people affirm you and they applaud you. And on the front stage, everything appears orderly, together, neatly, where it should be. The front stage is all about performance, all about activity, doing. But then the author seems to go into the direction of saying, if we neglect the backstage, eventually the front stage is going to fall apart. Of course, the backstage is the private world of the leader. The backstage is all about being, simply being. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, when I read... When I read this chapter, it was one that really spoke to me because um, uh, in my my work with church workers, one of the things that um, we are, most of us are all very uh, aware of, Mm -hmm. is uh, how much emphasis there is in being on. And I use the word on with quotes, and as soon as I put quotes up, everybody instantly knows what I'm talking about is that you know, being on means that that's your public life, as you, as you were articulating. Yeah. Um, it's uh, what people see on Sunday morning. It's what people see when you walk in the door. And the importance that this chapter addresses to me is the, in, the, the presence or the sense of integrity that you have that when the inner life is... Um, fairly consistent with the outer life. In other words, what you see is what you get kind of idea. Mm -hmm. That people sense that 
And it's a, it's a sensing of trust that if I sense that the way you are on the outside reflects the way you are on the inside, um, that uh, it feels like that I can trust you. It feels like that uh, I can be vulnerable with you. It feels like that you're not just putting on an act or a show for what you think you ought to be on the outside, and then on the inside, you're like this totally different person. So, uh, Jesus talked a lot about that in the Gospels when he was addressing the hypocrisy that existed in, uh, for the most part, the religious leaders of the day mm-hmm. that would uh, be very pious and very righteous and and follow the rules the and Pharisees. all the rituals and do all the things that, that mm-hmm. made it look on the outside as if they were these very holy people. And yet on the inside... Um, there was a greed and there was avarice and there was even uh, this sense of uh, how much uh, better we are than everybody else. And so, uh, you know, Jesus's approach to that was to call it to, you know, to call it out. But his, his view was if I, we call it out in the form of repentance, then, um, then people can get the inside of, their, of themselves uh, right with God. And then that would be reflective then on the outside of a person. So um, this one, this one uh, uh, touched me in a deep way because um, I think that that's one of the biggest struggles that we all have in church work is that so much of what we do and the value that we have is measured by what's on the outside. And yet it's on the inside that is is where the stuff really counts. Yeah. I like what you pointed out there. Um, In fact, in the notes from our study, it says the heart was the backstage from which everything comes out of the mouth, which is the front stage and how that is uh, emanated. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, it's true. I think, I think that there are certain personality traits that are more intuitive about what's really happening in the heart than others. Mm -hmm. Some may have more of a tunnel vision where they, they're, they're focused on what's in front of them and their life. And others might pick up on some of those more subtle, you know, I, I noticed this about this person and are they okay? And, and, and maybe even stopping and asking, um, you know, is everything okay with you? How are you feeling? And, and picking up on both the heart and the mouth or even just the heart without the mouth. Right even emanating anything. But you're right. Jesus was very big on pointing out the, the Pharisees and how they, they wore their little scriptural boxes with all their scripture wind wound inside of it and, and, and their, their tassels, you know, and, 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 and how pious they appeared sure. when inside of them in their heart came all of these, uh, these sinful Thoughts do you do you think that matters today to people? Hmm. That's a, and, and I ask hmm. that genuinely because I can't always tell what yeah. matters to people today. And I'm thinking when I say people today, I'm thinking like okay, people that are millennial age and younger. Mm-hmm. And I because again I look at that generational divide, and it's really hard for me to tell. I can't tell, for example from how people interact with each other on social media, mm-hmm. which I think, to a certain degree, people are way 
harsher on social media than they ever would be in a face-to-face situation. Mm-hmm. And I've heard, stu- I've read studies on that. I, I don't know how true that is, but in, in, in terms of my own experience, I would say that is true. Mm-hmm. So having looked at that phenomenon um, would suggest that people would say, well, how I am on the inside is not reflective of how I operate on the outside, i.e. in social media. So I would conclude from that 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 sort of integrity really doesn't matter. I mean, so my, that's my question is, do younger people today care about that? Or are they looking at a different criteria by which they would say that that kind of integrity is present? I think that in terms of, I can speak for as a millennial, I think that they care about the um, authenticity of the relationship. Mm-hmm. That a person is being authentic in their uh, asking, how are you? And in the investment of that person into their life, I think that they care a lot about that realistic um, showing that you care, going that extra mile and showing that you care. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of the other generations, um, uh, even after me, I think that they they are definitely living in such a way that there are multiple options for how they're feeling and interacting. There's multiple avatars, if you will, uh-huh. for their life that they can choose to uh, to be or not to be in any given moment, mm-hmm. um, and so that's why we're in this this weird age of uh, post postmodernism, mm-hmm. which is even more of a reaction. And you got you had modernism, the reaction to that which was post, and now we're in in a reaction to that post, mm-hmm. which is all about who do I choose to be in any given moment? Right. Um, I can be this avatar, or this one. I can, I have the freedom to choose on it. Yeah. Um, so, I, but I, I do think in terms of millennials, they care about that authenticity of reaching out and showing that you care. That's so, what I can relate to. So, does authenticity mean, or does it? What it looks like is, if I'm feeling outraged by something that you said, mm-hmm. then being authentic means that I will show my outrage and express my outrage. Mm-hmm. As opposed to that, maybe I would temper my outrage, mm-hmm. and that then we could have a constructive conversation about it. As opposed to you are outraging all over me, and there's no constructive aspect to that at all. Is that is that what you yeah. mean by off being authentic? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that you know there's an interesting method of handling conflict um, that. It's, it's been a trend going on for a while now. It's, it's the silent quitting yes. or the silent sort of retreating. Yeah, and I think that some millennials are more prone to that. Mm-hmm. If they disagree or they dislike, then they're just going to just sign a, kind of silently retreat or remain, you know, not hurt. Others are louder. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think social media is a, is a perfect avenue for them to be loud mm-hmm. for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Obviously, it depends on the whatever political issue is going on or whatever issue that they're debating. But um, some of them are absolutely louder than others. Yeah. And some of them definitely retreat. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think a lot of it depends on personality, upbringing, um, the trauma, whatever they faced in life. Um, well, I just and, wonder how much of that, um, you know, if, if one or two people are doing something that fits who they are and, and what's important to them and that kind of thing, that's not going to make much of a dent in terms of um, society. Mm-hmm. But when a whole cohort of people is operating in a certain way and then that becomes the consistent way that they do it um, over time, that mm-hmm. becomes a trend. Mm-hmm. Okay, And so, I again, because I, I primarily look at things from a relational point of view, I'm always asking the question, um, uh, how is a person's functioning affecting the uh, strength of or the nature of their relationships with other people? And then what does that look like as it moves into the future? Is there an, is there an evolving of that, that we're, how it is now will become something different later? Mm. Or is this the new norm? Is mm. this the way that is? And if I don't operate in that way, then am I irrelevant? And I think to some degree it feels like, not whether it is or not, don't know, but it feels like that part of the way that many younger generations look at people my age and they say, you're irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Because what the way that you, uh, what you portray and what's uh, the values that you hold don't fit anymore. Mm-hmm. So it is on the one hand a little scary, but it is on the other hand maybe a challenge to, to rethink um, how I've been doing what I've been doing and not to throw out the baby with the bathwater, but to maybe just throw out the bathwater. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I think it's also a challenge, whether you're a millennial, boomer, you know, wh- whatever generation you are, I think it's a challenge, especially in light of the, the, the healthiness of the soul. It's a challenge to keep ourselves mm-hmm. uh firmly rooted in the value that we have in Christ mm-hmm. and constantly keeping our souls, our hearts in check mm-hmm. so that when we are interacting with people, that authenticity can come out mm-hmm. as opposed to this sort of disconnect where, you know, I'm not really good right here. And so I'm going to portray this mm-hmm. here on, on the outside. So I think that's the challenge that we face every day. How do we start our day and and what do we fill ourselves up with? And so that when we are interacting with people, they're getting someone with a very healthy and full soul Mm -hmm. as opposed to someone that's looking at them like, what's what's going on with this guy? You know, what's what's their deal? Mm -hmm. You know, are they they not feeling good or what's you know, how do they start their day off? Yeah, especially um, if you're if you're an influencer, you know, a mentor. You know, somebody that uh, has not necessarily followers, I don't mean that way, but kind of you're in a position to influence uh, people of the younger generation. Mm-hmm. You better you better be pretty grounded because what's going to happen is, is that um, you're going to be exposed to all kinds of thinking and all kinds of behavior and all kinds of um, uh, perspectives. Mm-hmm. that are way different or are uh, maybe 
uh, one or two step, one or two degrees um, different from, from where you where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. So what your point of of uh, uh, making sure that you be true to yourself in terms of that your connection to Jesus is at the end of the day the thing that really matters the most mm-hmm. um, and how to convey that and how to live that. I think living it and conveying it are probably the two biggest challenges that we have, yeah. uh, especially with so many eyeballs um, looking at us yeah. and making some judgments about uh, who we are and, and uh, what we what what we hold hold yeah. dear. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I think that you know, youth face that all the time. My my children face that all the time. You know, when they when they're faced with someone saying, "I don't like this about you," or "I don't like you know," "I don't like you." What what do you do with it? Yeah, and and how do you, you know, and so every day when I drop them off, I make a point of saying Jesus loves you and He's with you, yeah. because I want them to know where their value truly is. It's not in these other comments or these other, you know, value statements. It's in it's in Jesus. And so I, I probably sound like a broken record or whatever it is, broken CD, broken, um, you know, podcast or yeah, whatever. What with them. Now? Yeah. But uh, but I, I, I just keep on saying it because they need to hear that. Right. They need to hear the truth and not what the world is yeah. trying to convince them of. Well, what a wonderful moment it will be when you have um, told your kids that older, uh, over and over and over again. And then they come back to you and say, Dad. You're not living like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I will. I will. Well, that'll be a that, great moment. Yeah. It is a great moment. In fact, it, there's a glimpse of that hoping, happening. I will say the great side of it is at night when I tell my daughter Jesus loves you, she says, "Well, Jesus loves you too, Daddy." So it's it's like this great reminder of, hey, you know, I know you're trying to portray, you know, you're, you're doing the best you can, but also, you know, I'm, you know, I'm happy with you too, and Jesus loves you too. You know, it's it's kind of a neat reminder that I need too. Yeah, that's right.